Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. You know, this is a fun show. I, I try not to take myself too seriously. I want to start the show today not by telling you about my weekend or, oh, best Super Bowl commercial. I actually need to be serious with you for a sec, so lean in. Turn up the radio for a moment. If you're listening on the podcast, just just turn it up, focus, all right? I need to be serious here. Throughout the entire NFL season, really before the NFL season, all the way back to, I don't know, January, when we first started looking ahead towards this season, there's been a player in a team that I've been very skeptical on. I've been, yeah, I've been a hater. All right, I'll say it. And I didn't think that this player and this team would be able to get it done, especially in the big moments, in the big games. Didn't think they had it in them. Didn't think they could come through. That they're a little bit fraudulent, a little bit fake, a little bit overrated, a lot bit overrated. And I talked a lot about this this player and this team, and I badmouthed them all season long. And yesterday, this player and this team, they, they got it done, and they won a Super Bowl. And it hurts even more that they did it, and my Packers did not. It stings. It sucks. Um, and to start the show today, I'm going to do the adult thing. I'm going to do the responsible thing. And I'm going to say that I was wrong all along. And that this player really was worth the hype. This player really is all the, the hyperbole and more. And, and and I was wrong for months and months and months. Shout out to the Los Angeles Rams and Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, is he was spectacular. He was spectacular. I, I didn't think he could do it on that big of a stage. I think he could get it done in the big game. And you know what he did? And I was wrong. And I'll eat that. I'll give him his flowers. Aaron Donald. Truly worth the hype, and I'm sorry for my skepticism. All right, now I'm being playful here. i being facetious. I should be honest. He didn't do it alone. Obviously, he had help. Cooper Cup was sensational, too. Cooper, Give Cooper Cup his flowers as well. It's the Rams. Great Super Bowl. Well, actually, it was, it was actually fine, but halftime show and commercials and everything, I always enjoy the Super Bowl. Rams win 23-20. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco this is the Wisco Sports Show. I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. The first half was a riot. Halftime was great. The third quarter was a slog. The fourth quarter was a slog, too, but the game was close, so we were still dialed in, and it came down to the final two possessions. So after last year, with the Buccaneers basically just ball-busting that game wide open, that Chiefs-Buccaneers game, that wasn't even a game. So we got a game yesterday. It wasn't always pretty, and the play calling and the coaching, the decision-making wasn't always perfect, but it was certainly better than some really bad Super Bowls in recent memory. So I liked it, and we're going to talk plenty about it today. We're going to make the Packers a part of the conversation, too. We're not going to dwell on the Packers. Mm-mm. We're not going to obsess over the Packers, because that's always what I mean. Anytime I bring up the Packers on this show, even though they're not playing, even though it's not their season, I bring them up, and people say, get over it. Stop dwelling on it. Hello. This is called the Wisco Sports Show. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, but we got to do a little Packers. we got to work them in within reason. Again, we're not going to be obsessive. We're not going to be compulsive over them, but we're going to make them a part of the conversation. I want to talk about some Super Bowls from the last 10 years and some signature moments that I was thinking about earlier today because I don't know if yesterday's game had a signature moment. Is that the outlier? Or are there lots of Super Bowls without signature moments? We're going to see what we can recall. We'll do that at some point before 6 o'clock. What about the blueprint that the Rams and the Bengals used to get to the Super Bowl this year? Let's talk about that before 6 o'clock as well. 
Is that applicable for other teams? Can the Packers take something away and learn anything from these two teams? What about the rest of the league? I don't know. That's a conversation that I'd like to have. Uh, And how maybe Aaron Rodgers' future changed over the weekend? Because we got some reports. We got some news. I don't know what it means, but it's Wisconsin. It's Aaron Rodgers. This is the Wisco Sports Show, so we're going to talk about it. 608-796-2558. Give me a call or a text. I will start taking calls after our first commercial break. If you're new to the show, and I'd like to think we get new listeners every day, I go the first 20 minutes by myself. Let me say my piece. Let me set the foundation for the show. And then I will start taking as many calls as I can because what I don't want is one random call to call in in the first three minutes of the show and like bring up something weird and derail everything. So we'll take calls here in about 15 minutes, but you can text me anytime and you can follow and tweet me anytime at Wisco Grant. Okay, let's get into the Rams because I have some crow to, to truly genuinely eat here. I haven't been a believer in the Rams. When they traded for Stafford, I thought the trade was a joke. And you know what? They did it. Yes, sir. Props. Props to the Rams. Now, my lead today is going to make it sound like I'm diminishing the Rams title and I'm taking something away from the Rams title. Not true. Not true. That's not what I'm doing. I don't want that to be the takeaway from this segment. I don't want that to to be what comes across. Not diminishing what the Rams did at all. They just won a Super Bowl. My Packers haven't even been to a friggin' Super Bowl since 2010, okay? I'm not taking away from what the Rams did. And I know I've been kind of a hater. I've poked fun at them. So maybe that's what you'll hear. Don't, don't. Okay, Rams are champs. Just hear me out. Hang with me for 10 minutes. I want to revisit a take that I had 14 days ago today, the Monday after championship weekend. Do you remember what my big take was? If not, how dare you? Like, remember, remember better. My take was making a Super Bowl isn't that hard. Now, it's a little bit more complex than that. I basically said it is hard, but it's not as hard as we've been led to believe since 2010. Right? Packers fans, in our mind, we, we keep thinking and we tell ourselves, hey, man, the stars have to line up. Right, you have to have enough Pisces and Leos and whatever the rest of the Sagittarius is on the team. It's all gonna it's all gonna line up and, and God has to smile on us and we can't have a single injury and the refs have to be perfect. Right? Nothing, nothing can go one percent wrong. Nothing we no bad luck, otherwise it all falls apart and we have no chance. We'll try again next year. Packers fans, we've convinced ourselves everything needs to be perfect. Everything, or it all comes crumbling down. It's not your year. Well, let me ask you, because you watched the Super Bowl yesterday. Did that look perfect to you? Did that Super Bowl look perfect to you? Not even close. Absolutely not. There were a lot of mistakes in that game. There were a lot of sloppiness. Both teams had weaknesses. Both coaches made mistakes. Both quarterbacks missed throws and missed reads. And yet both of them had a chance to win it at the end. Matthew Stafford and the Rams offense got down there and got the big touchdown and the Bengals weren't able to answer. The Packers fans, in our mind, we, oh, but the Packers last year and this year, well, they didn't have David Bakhtiari. Okay, well, the Rams lost Robert Woods, Odell Beckham, Andrew Whitworth missed a playoff game. They were fine. They made the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. Oh, but the the Packers had weak special teams. How how could you expect them to win a playoff game without good special teams? The Bengals didn't have an offensive line. (laughs) Like, they they actually literally did not have an offensive line, even NFL average or below average caliber. They're sieve. There's nothing. They gave up seven sacks. It's an NFL Super Bowl record. He got lit up all game long. And that was the case throughout the playoffs, but yet the Bengals made it all the way. Interesting. That's not perfect. Far from perfect. Oh, but uh, uh, Matt LaFleur, he he kicked a field goal instead of going for the touchdown. I I swear, both coaches were terrible yesterday. Both coaches were so bad. The the only good thing that Sean McVay did, other than go for a couple fourth downs, well done, that's woke of Sean McVay, good decision-making. On the last two drives, I don't know if it was McVay or his offensive coordinator, O'Connell, I don't know who it was, just said, hey, Uh, Let's just let Stafford and Cooper Cup go. This is the best coaching thing that the Rams did all day. Cam Akers did nothing, and yet they were obsessed with giving him the ball. 
Zach Taylor tried to get cute on a third and one, and they gave the ball to Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about all that, right? Do you know that the 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 Bengals and Joe Burrow they targeted Jalen Ramsey nine times yesterday? That's a high of the game. They didn't target another corner more than Jalen Ramsey. That seems backwards. Wouldn't you want to go after the weak links of the defense? I, I don't know. The coaches were far from perfect yesterday on both sides. This game wasn't perfect. It was really messy. And there's examples of messiness in the championship round, in the division round, even all the way back to the wild card when Matthew Stafford and the Rams made mistakes, even against the Cardinals, even though we can't remember, and that game was such a blowout, it wouldn't have mattered. Our point of view as Packers fans have been completely and totally ruined. The road to the Super Bowl is not this smooth cobblestone path that's surrounded by tulips that smell like sunshine. No, that's not how it works. We've told ourselves that God needs to look down and say, this is the Packers' year, and smooth the, the road and line up everything else for us. That's not how it works. It's not that easy. I got really into succession this last fall, and I would recommend it. It's a great show. I'm sure you've heard a lot of people talking about it, so if you're like me and you hear other people talking about something that makes you resist, I, I get that, but I would recommend it. It's a very good show. And I'm reminded of the scene from the third season, and this won't spoil it. Well, kind of, maybe, nothing huge. Okay, so Logan Roy in charge of this media empire, and his son is going at him. They're fighting. It's a family dispute. He's trying to get the company. Logan's trying to hold on to the company. It's like the crux of the whole show. And essentially, these two sit down in Italy at this wedding, and they have a dinner, and it's really dramatic. And Kendall kind of waves the white flag, and he says, I'm not, I I can't do this. I, I thought I could, I can't. And he's basically waving the white flag to his dad. And this is the back and forth. And this is what I think of when thinking about Packers' point of views on trying to get to the Super Bowl. My thing is... I want out. I think I thought I was a knight on horseback, but yeah, that isn't. Life's not knights on horseback. It's a number on a piece of paper. It's a fight for a knife in the mud. I love that line. Like one of the best scenes of the series too. Kendall, the son, is like, I I thought I was this perfect person who was just gonna, was just gonna win. I was gonna take you down. I thought I was a knight on, on horseback in shining armor. And the dad's like, this isn't, that's not what the world, that's not how the world works. It's a, it's a fight in the mud with a knife. That's what the NFL is. That's what the NFL playoffs are. We always hear, oh, it's hard to win a Super Bowl. You need to get lucky. You need to, everything to go to your way. I, I don't like that. Makes it sound like you need to wait your turn for a Super Bowl to fall into your lap. And luck is a big part of it, yes. But not every year for 11 years straight, it's not. No. With the Bengals and the Rams, those two teams weren't waiting for good fortune to let them get into a Super Bowl. They went out and took it. They weren't waiting for God to smile on. They said, no, we don't have an offensive line. Don't care. Oh, we don't have a great quarterback. Well, we'll add Matthew Stafford, and he's not going to be the best quarterback in the playoffs. We're going to make it work. We're going to take it. Because the NFL playoffs, to quote Succession once again, very obnoxiously, (laughs) it's not knights on horseback. It's a fight for a knife. In the mud. And these two teams, and I give them both credit because either team could have won yesterday. Now, the Rams did. Credit in the world to them. But for the for the sake of this show, the Wisco Sports Show, and for talking about the Packers, the Bengals and the Rams are in very similar places in that they fought through all of these weaknesses. They fought from, from deficits in playoff games. And they won on the road. And they beat really good quarterbacks. And they ended up there. Why? Because they weren't waiting for good fortune. They weren't waiting for their team to be perfectly healthy. They went out there and took it. The Bengals were down 21 points in Arrowhead, and they came back and they took that game. If that was the Packers, you know what would have happened? Well, we've seen it. We saw it in 2019. They fell behind 20-ish points in San Francisco. Everyone got their spirit broken. They moped on the sideline. And then what did we say in the press conference? They said, oh, we got to get one of these at home. 
The Bengals could have, the Bengals could have folded and said, well, it wasn't our year anyways, but now we got to focus on getting a good seed so we don't have to go play in our head. No, that's not what they did. They came back and they won that game. And the Chiefs melted down, but they took advantage of that meltdown. That was a 10-7 and 7 regular season team that grinded their way to a Super Bowl. Packers can't grind anything. They can't grind, they can't grind anything. They would have folded in all of these playoff games that were won by the Rams or won by the Bengals. The Rams were down 10 to the Niners in the NFC Championship game in a de facto road game because there were so many Niners fans there. Packers and Rodgers, they would have folded. They would have folded just like they did in 2019, just like they did in 2016 against the Falcons. And yes, they weren't as good as the Falcons. And they weren't as good as the Niners in 2019. But you know what? The Bengals weren't as good as the Chiefs. And I don't think the Rams were as good as the Bucks. I think the Rams won as underdogs, as the lesser team in, in some of these rounds. And you know what? While we're revisiting history and we're relitigating these Packers' losses, you know what happened in 2019-2016 when, when the opposing team, the Falcons and the Niners, jumped out to big leads? Who was coaching those teams? Who was coordinating those offenses? It was Shanahan. Who blows leads in the playoffs more than Kyle Shanahan? No one. He's done it every year. And yet the Packers, they didn't even make him squirm. Didn't even put pressure on because they folded like a cheap camp chair in the first or second quarter. They said, well, we got to get one at home. Only to turn around and get one at home and then lose to the Bucks and then lose to Jimmy G when, when Jimmy G and his offense didn't even score a touchdown. Not everything needs to be perfect to make or win a Super Bowl. What part of yesterday's game was perfect? None of that was perfect. It was a mess. It was fight for a knife in the mud. The quarterbacks had good moments, but they were mostly average to poor. Plenty of missed throws, plenty of missed reads. Head coaches were mostly horrendous. 80% of the drives in that game were complete wastes. Incomplete pass, run for no yards, sack, punt. That was the whole third quarter. I looked down at my watch when the third quarter, there's like two or three minutes left. I was like, holy balls, it's 8-15. We've just been sitting here watching punts go back and forth. Punt, 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 punt for the whole third quarter. It was a messy game. It was far from perfect. Rams, Rams missed an extra point. Packers fans, we would have cited that as an excuse for a Super Bowl loss until 2035 at least. If the Packers were in that game yesterday and they missed an extra point and they ended up losing by four because they couldn't get a touchdown instead of being able to kick a field goal to tie, we would tell that to our children. We would tell that to our children's children. Oh, yeah, the Packers made it in, uh, in, in 2021, but uh, they missed an extra point. And I, I don't know, what, what are you supposed to do? How do you overcome a missed extra point? I mean, Rodgers Roger played fine. His special teams let him down. And, and Matt LaFleur coached fine. His special teams let him down. It's never going to be perfect. And for all the imperfections of Matt Stafford and Sean McVay and even Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow, because you make a Super Bowl, you deserve to be praised a little bit in this conversation. And relative to the Packers, we can praise just about everybody because the Packers keep losing in the playoffs, Right? These teams are not phased by mistakes. They're not phased by deficits. There's something inherently wrong with the way that the Packers are wired because one little thing goes wrong and it all comes crashing down like a house of cards. Rams didn't use that missed extra point as an excuse. Bengals are now 21 points in Arrowhead and they came back and won. Any other team that has made a Super Bowl since the Packers has been flawed. One team made it with Nick Foles. One team made it with Colin Kaepernick, who was a flash in the pan. We could talk about why, but it's not like he's a Hall of Famer. Nick Foles made one. Jared Goff made a Super Bowl. Tom Brady played poorly and made Super Bowls. Russell Wilson's a tier below Aaron Rodgers. He's made Super Bowls. None of those teams were perfect. And yet they found ways to figure it out. And the Packers just haven't. And that was really clear yesterday. And if I sound like I'm frustrated and I'm angry... Mm, no, I was able to enjoy this game yesterday. I think a lot of Packers fans probably watched and thought, this should be the Packers. They should be here. And, of course, I thought about that as my team. How, how can you not think about that? But I, don't get this wrong. Don't be confused. I, I'm not angry 
and I'm not lashing out today because my Packers didn't make it, but it became very clear watching the Super Bowl yesterday, wait, we have been obsessed with getting every little tiny thing correct with our Packers for the last 11 years. When it, when it doesn't need to be correct, you need to go out and take it. And I don't know if it was McCarthy or if it's LaFleur now. I think it's a lot of Aaron Rodgers because he's truly been the one constant the whole time. This Packers team can't go out and take it. And this was another Super Bowl of two imperfect teams, much less perfect than the Packers, who went out and took it. And credit to the Rams for that. Credit to the Bengals to a lesser degree, but certainly a lot of credit to the Rams because they did twice in the last couple of years what the Packers haven't done since 2010, since the Black Eyed Peas were (laughs) performing at halftime. Let's take a break. Let me know what you think. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. We'll continue this conversation next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills hope you had an excellent weekend i was in madison on saturday um had a funny exchange or lack thereof with one ben kenny who produces the bill michael show he's gonna host the show for me on friday by the way i have a wedding i'm in the wedding i gotta go to the rehearsal dinner so i feel like that's a, that's a reasonable excuse to miss the show correct ben kenny is gonna be filling in for me on friday I had an interesting quote-unquote run-in with Ben Kenny on his stomping grounds, State Street, on Saturday. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to that story today, but I know for a fact that that story is going to be told on The Zone tomorrow morning. I'm going to join Evo and Rowdy at 740, as I do every Tuesday. We'll talk the Super Bowl, but I also have a Ben Kenny story. So, strap in uh, and listen to The Zone tomorrow. You should listen to Evo and Rowdy every morning. This is the Wisco Sports Show, like I said, and you can text and call if you want to be a part of it, 608-796-2558. You can follow me on Twitter and tweet me during the show or anytime. For whatever reason, I'm addicted to Twitter and I have no life outside it. So you can find me at Wisco Grant. Follow and tweet me there. Good for Stafford. Great for Cooper Cup. I'm glad he got the Super Bowl MVP, not because of my anti-Stafford bias, which I'll admit exists to a degree. Cooper Cup had a historically great season wasn't going to win MVP, even if the landscape maybe should have had him win MVP. Aaron Aaron Rodgers is a fine MVP this year, but I I don't know. Should he have been the runaway MVP? Maybe Brady should have been closer. If there, what I'm saying, if there was a year for a, for a great historical wide receiver to win it, this would have been the year for Cooper Cup, and still he didn't get close. So it was cool that he got the Super Bowl MVP. Maybe if Matt Stafford doesn't throw those two picks maybe he wins Super Bowl MVP but I to be honest neither one of those picks were that bad one was essentially a punt and one was tipped so do you really fault Stafford for that I'm I'm not sure good for Cooper Cup though I I know this makes me sound whiny but I went to bed last night thinking it was a it was a fine game and a fun Super Bowl I, I don't know if those were the two best teams and ultimately it, it doesn't matter because those were the two teams that earned it and won their way to the Super Bowl but I think the Packers were better than both. I think Tampa Bay was better than both. I think Buffalo and Kansas City were both better than both of those teams. Um, And Jeff uh, from Lacrosse texted in. He said, my friend said it best. The fifth best team beat the ninth best team. Yeah. And again, that doesn't mean these teams didn't deserve it. There's a very very big difference in saying they weren't the two best teams and they weren't deserving of being there. It's not like every other team all caught COVID and all got hurt and they – advanced by default. That's not what I'm saying. 
I don't think the Rams were the best team in the NFC. I know the Bengals weren't the best team in the AFC. Probably depends on your point of view, how much that matters to you or not. Maybe you could think the same thing in 2019 with the Raptors and the Warriors. Were the Raptors better than the Bucks? I think that year, yes. The injuries to Golden State kind of really helped Toronto win. You walk away from that finals thinking, eh, did we really get the rightful champion? I, I, I don't know. But I went to bed last night thinking, I don't know how representative that game really was. I, I also think that onslaught of late flags really just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I thought it was really well refereed for the entire game with the exception of that missed offensive pass interference on T Higgins. And then you're going to start calling like that ticky tack. That was a ticky tack hold. Now the, the ensuing couple of penalties, I think were a little bit more obvious, but man, Matthew Stafford misses that touchdown. It goes to third and goal. And then I, I thought the linebacker made a really good play. They call him for holding. So what could have been a fourth and goal with the game on the line for Matt Stafford and the Rams after missing a wide open guy for a touchdown, instead it's first and goal from inside the five. I Those penalties kind of irked me just a little bit. The late flags bothered me. They kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. Maybe that bothered me. Another thing that bothered me, and maybe this is, this is probably a sports radio guy thing. I don't know if this bothers everyone. Maybe, maybe it does. Let's, let's talk about it. Was there a signature play of yesterday's game? Was there a signature play of that Super Bowl where when you think of Bengals-Rams in Los Angeles in 2022, the spring of 2022, right? Is there a play that we remember? Not every championship needs a signature play, but I think it's kind of fun. I think it helps in the way that we reference championship games and we put them in historical context in our own brain where we store all this stuff that really has no real life meaning. But as sports fans, we remember it all just because I don't know it. It occupies space in our brain. It would be the same. Like, like my dad loves doing the game where you drive around, listen to the radio and you try to be the first one to guess the song and the artist of, of the next track that comes on. Like we, we dedicate space in our brains to this stuff. And I think it's more fun. It's more useful. If we can associate a game that we remember with a play that we remember Right, like that's why Bucks Suns was so great is because Giannis gave us that block of DeAndre Ayton in Game Four, the alley oop off of the Drew Holiday steal in Game Five, and then just plainly put, he scored sixty in Game Six. Like that is going to be sunk in my brain, and and that Finals run will be playing on repeat with those plays in my mind. I think signature plays help with how we kind of put one season to bed with the Super Bowl, and we move into the off season remembering, wow, that was a great game, and I'll never forget this one play that really kind of wrapped the game up with a nice bow. Now, I have the lists of Super Bowls in front of me throughout the years, and we're going to go back to the Packers Super Bowl and see if we can remember a signature play from each one. I have the teams and I have the year. I don't have anything else. So I'm going to go back here and see if I can remember signature plays because maybe this maybe this game is the outlier and that most games do have a signature play and this one didn't. Or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe a lot of games don't have signature plays. Let's just look back through the years. I'm going to put some music on. It's the rules of sports radio. When you list things, you need music. I didn't, I didn't make the rules. I'm just, I'm a man of history, right? And tradition. So I got I to follow the rules. Okay. Super Bowl 55, last year, Bucks Chiefs. Uh, that game sucked. There was no signature play there. Was there? I mean, the Bucks just beat him up for four straight quarters. There wasn't one play that defined it. Maybe Teron Matthew yelling at Tom Brady, but that's, that's an anecdote. That's not a signature play. Super Bowl 54, Chiefs 49ers. Oh, it's the the third and, was it third and 15 to Tyreek Hill that helped on the comeback? I think the the name of that play, wasn't it Wasp or something? We saw in the videos that came out. Now, this is more recent, so I remember this, but third and 15 to Tyreek Hill. Or on the flip side, Jimmy G missing Emmanuel Sanders. 
That's the signature play that Niners fans probably remember. Super Bowl 53, Rams-Patriots. Um, that game sucked, too. Rams scored three points. That's the signature play. That's what I remember. Super Bowl 52, Eagles-Patriots. That's easy. Philly special. The touchdown to Nick Foles on fourth down and the way it was set up with him asking Doug Peterson for it. That one's easy. Super Bowl 51, that was the comeback. Patriots-Falcons, yep. Uh, the Edelman catch in traffic. And again, if the Falcons would have won this game, I think the signature play was that amazing Julio catch. So this is a both sides of the coin. Whichever team would have won, either result would have had a signature play. This is what I'm talking about. I like when championship games and Super Bowls have plays like this. Super Bowl 50, Broncos-Panthers. Okay. Uh, Von Miller strip sack with a touchdown, right? Did Was Von Miller the one who scored it or did someone else pick it up? I don't remember, but that's, that's the signature play, right? Because it's the defense. It was the defense that won that championship. And then Cam Newton, like, fumbling, and he wanted to jump on the ball, but he didn't, and we all roasted him for that. So that's easy to remember, Super Bowl 50. Super Bowl 49, Patriots-Seahawks. Um, that have been? Oh, Malcolm Butler. Yeah, the interception on the goal line. That's easy. Uh, Seahawks-Broncos, Super Bowl 48. This one wasn't... This is the blowout, yep. Um, Percy Harvin had a touchdown return, right? That would probably be the play. There were many, but I would say Percy Harvin's return, I would say. Super Bowl 47... Ravens 49ers, this is the power outage game. Didn't Jacoby Jones have a 105-yard touchdown return off a kickoff? 100 save, maybe it's even more. It was a really long touchdown return at some point. It was early in the second half. I don't know if it was the second half kickoff, but it was at some point in there. Super Bowl 46, Giants-Patriots. It was one of the Mario Manningham catches. Velker on the helmet was in 2008, right? So it was the other one. It was one along the sideline or something. Packers-Steelers is an interesting one. We could do the Greg Jennings touchdown, the Nick Collins pick six, or the Clay Matthews force fumble. So maybe there's not one play in that game. I'd probably do the Nick Collins pick six. It's the one I remember. So we just counted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven Super Bowls, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight and a half have signature plays. This is what I'm talking about. Most games do. The fact that yesterday's game didn't have a signature play. It didn't ruin the game, but I wish there would have been one. John from south of Eau Claire. I like the specificity of the the location, John. Thank you. Says signature play, maybe the missed offensive face mask call on the touchdown, even though it didn't uh, affect the game since the Rams won, but that's the one I remember. For whatever reason, that sticks in my head. The Jamar Chase catch was pretty nuts, too. Um, but those were all early. That this is the problem. Offenses shut down after halftime. So when the game got close and it started to matter, we didn't. It's very non theatrics. It wasn't. There were a lot of theatrics and dramatics, right? We have a couple other texts. These relating to Aaron Rodgers. I want to bring the Packers more into the equation. So I'll get to these texts and we'll talk Packers as they relate to yesterday's Super Bowl. That's coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby.
Wisco Sports Show. I forgot it's Valentine's Day. So I'm going to be annoying with the bear. <laughs> I'm going to be annoying today. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Of course, we're talking about the Super Bowl. Although, any love and romance questions, I'm far from an expert, but if you haven't learned this by now, I'm really good at talking out of my butt. So, any love and romance questions, intimacy issues, yeah, hit me up. 608-796-2558. Of course, you can use that same number if you want to talk about the Super Bowl, uh, which I'm imagining most of you do. So, we're talking about that. The Rams, congratulations to the Rams. Yeah, I was hard on the Rams. I was, I was skeptical, but you know what? They did it. Uh, and they deserve credit. Um, I don't know if I'm Matthew Stafford to the Hall of Fame yet. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm at that place yet. But hey, I was wrong. I'm wrong every once in a while. Any man can be wrong. I say a lot of things. I'm gonna be wrong every once. I'm gonna miss. Sorry. The Rams did it, and they should be celebrated. Um, Aaron, Aaron Donald, man. Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. We talk about them going all in and trading uh, and bringing in big name free agents. They drafted Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald, who I think are their two best players. And you can talk about positional value. Is Cooper Cup more valuable than Matthew Stafford, who's a quarterback? I I don't know. But the Rams, the players they do draft, they're typically pretty good, and they develop them. They do a really good job of improving once they get them in the building. And their two best players, for all the talk about Stafford and Von Miller and OBJ, Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald, two homegrown players that have certainly been there and it all came together for them and that's pretty cool for the Rams they won the Super Bowl yesterday so that's what we're talking about Andy is in Altoona Andy welcome to the show what's going on hey so I want to talk about get your thoughts on a on a story that got buried this weekend yes sir did you hear about Adrian Peterson yeah okay well I saw a quote today so tell me if I have this correct there was a domestic violence uh, like issue that he was arrested for, and did it happen on an airplane or in the airport? Like he did it in an airport it or happened, on a plane? It happened on the airplane while it was in there. They had to actually turn the plane around and land it to get him out. Is my from what I read, unless I just saw a blip of the story, but that's what it sounded like. Oh my god! So here's my here's my question: Is he is he going to work himself out of getting in the Hall of Fame? Like if he keeps this up, like he's not going to get voted in. <laughs> So instead of doing is Stafford a Hall of Famer now, we're going to do is Adrian Peterson getting farther away from the Hall of Fame, whether than than Stafford is getting closer. Man, that's that's interesting because he had the thing with his son too, where he was what was it a switch? He was being abusive. Yeah, his and, kid. and that was a long time ago, and you know he kind of served a sentence a little bit for that, you know, yeah. like in the public eye. But and it's one of those things that not that people are going to forget about, but. I think enough time has passed that maybe, you know, he'd still be getting an Hall of Fame. But if he keeps this up, you know, and I know it's not supposed to be off the field stuff, but I, I, got, I got a little a mystery game for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a guy's stats, and you tell me if he's, if he's a Hall of Famer. Okay, you ready? Okay, I'll try. So, I'm, yeah. Ed Reed, Ed Reed is a Hall of Famer, correct? Like, you agree he should yes. have been in the Hall of Fame? Yep, I think so. So what if I told you there's a guy, same position, has 300 more tackles, Mm-hmm. has one less interception. So Reed's got 64. This guy's got 63. He won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Ed Reed has five all-pro, first-team all-pros. This guy has two first-team all-pros. Would you say this guy's a Hall of Famer? Well, like, I mean... It... Oh, and, and here's another one. Yeah. Ed Reed has seven defensive touchdowns. This guy had 11. Okay. Played the same era. Okay, so... Like I will say, stats aren't everything, but that's the ba- that's the baseline that's needed. So I would say, just off that baseline, yes, it sounds like that person's a Hall of Famer. But I'm guessing there's more to the story, which is now what you're about to tell me. So so go to the next step here. So it's it's Darren Sharper, and he's obviously in prison for yeah. a long time. No one's even talking about him as a Hall of Fame, even though off the field stuff isn't supposed to count. So I think Adrian Peterson needs to really shape up here if this is his goal to get in the Hall of Fame because 
he's not he's people are not going to vote him and let him go to Canton and, and give the speech. You know, like they don't want to see him. There. Well, baseball baseball would kill him for this. Like baseball would keep him out. We don't see well. I don't know. We don't see this as much in football because typically if players have domestic violence issues, they're out of the league and they don't get to have a long, illustrious career to make a case for the Hall of Fame. Right. Like that's normally how it goes in, in football versus baseball and baseball. It's it's more other issues. It's I don't know, gambling or steroids or I don't know. That guy likes Trump. Who am I trying to think of the pitcher? Um, Kurt Schilling. So I don't know. Baseball. Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't be in, in baseball. That's for sure. Now You got me thinking about this. Damn. So- so that was kind of interesting. I was just like, God, because I, I feel like if he's got one more, like people are just going to forget about him. Like, no, nope, you lost your chance kind of thing. I don't know. We'll see what happens, though. Okay, well, we're going we're gonna to put this topic in a file for when baseball doesn't start on time and we need things to talk about. Andy, I need you to keep these topics coming because there's a day where we're going to need these, um, whether baseball doesn't get it going or the All-Star break. So I'm going to, damn, I'm going to think about this more. I appreciate this, Andy. Thank you. Sounds good. All right, bye. Yeah, have a good one. That's Andy and Altoona. Go Rails, by the way. A lot. Of, I have a couple of friends from Altoona. I love Altoona. Thank you for the call. That's damn. That's interesting. That was the story that got buried this week. Is he throwing haymakers on an airplane? Like what the hell is AP doing? It's just bizarre. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. You can tweet me. I always go grand as well. A lot of these stories over the weekend were obviously making the rounds on Twitter. There was some Rogers news, air quotes news. It was broke yesterday morning. We're going to talk more about that after five o'clock. I saw a lot of Packers fans yesterday. And today, saying that the Packers in 2022 now, 2022, 2023, so the upcoming season, they need to go all in like the Rams just did. Right? I see this on Twitter, and I don't mean to make everything about Twitter, but there's a lot of Packers fans on Twitter. So when I see everybody saying the same thing, right, I'm I'm going to take notice. And I hear this. You talk to coworkers or friends, and people will say the same thing. You know, one more go around, run it back with Aaron Rodgers, and go all in. And I don't really understand where this line of thinking comes from, because you want to bring everyone back already. We don't want to lose the Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos. We want to keep everybody somehow. And you want to trade picks for players from other teams like the Rams did, who then you also need to pay somehow. This is, I think people gloss over this. If you're trading for, I don't know, who would become available. Like, let's just say, for example, I know this wouldn't happen, but let's say Adam Thielen comes available. The Vikings decide they want to go in a different direction. Thielen doesn't fit their timeline, so they're going to trade Thielen or, or Harrison Smith or any of these players, right? Well, the Packers should trade. It only costs a third-round pick. Go get them. Yeah, but then you need to be able to absorb that salary, too. And the Packers the Packers can't. So the Packers are going to struggle to bring everyone back and barely squeeze them under the salary cap. And then you want them to go more all-in by trading picks, which is fine. But then you got to be able to pay the players that you bring in. And you can't. You can't do it. So before we go down that road, which we're not really going to because it's just not really realistic, Right. We, we, we got to stop doing this with every Super Bowl champ or even Super Bowl runners-up. Like, I'm going to talk about today the Rams and the Bengals in kind of a similar breath because the Packers didn't even make the championship round, so we're looking up at both the Bengals and the Rams. So I don't, I don't want to put the Rams on a pedestal and ignore the Bengals because I think there's a lot to be learned from the Bengals as well. Right? But we got to stop doing this after the Super Bowl every year where we think, my team needs to do that. My team needs to do what that team just did. And we don't just do this for football. We do it for basketball, and we do it for baseball, too. It reminded me of a, <laughs> of what is that, Attack of the Clones when Anakin, it's not the men, but the women and the children, too. We don't just do it for football. We do it for the NBA and MLB, too. <laughs> every season is different, okay? Every team is different, and every situation is different, and the cap changes year by year, and free agents change year by year. We can't 
every offseason say, well, the Rams did this, so my team should do that. That's not how it works, right? You can emulate the idea of a team or the spirit of a team. Like the Rams went all in. Maybe the Packers want to go all in next year, but it's going to look different. Their all in is going to look different than the Rams all in, but they can, they can take the spirit or the idea of what the Rams did and do it as well, but it's never going to exactly mesh up. Like, you know, and Ebo always brings this up every week, which I'm sure his listeners, listeners probably mock me for or whatever. I'm a John Mayer fan. He's got a song, something like Olivia. All right. He can't steal this woman, Olivia, away from her man, but he wants to find someone like Olivia. Like, oh, I really like this girl, but she's taken. So I got to find someone like, like this is the whole point of the song. Well, maybe we can do something like the Rams. Like that could be a song, right? But the Packers can't do identically what the Rams did. In fact, I don't know if there's a team in the league that can follow the Rams model to a T. I mean, think of, think of the unique spot that the Rams found themselves in last offseason and even through this season as well. Their quarterback was bad and with a bad contract. Stafford happened to be available. Their roster was getting a little older, not, not old as dirt, but not necessarily young either. They play in LA, which matters. They can't rebuild for three years because no one will care about them. Right, the Clippers added Kawhi Leonard and traded Shea Gilgis Alexander for Paul George, and still no one cares about them. Los Angeles basketball fans would rather be miserable and complain about Westbrook, and now learn how trades work because I think Lakers fans finally realized this year: trade Westbrook. Oh, we can't. Why? I now need to learn how trades work. <laughs> so they had a dumpy quarterback. There was an available upgrade. They had an aging roster, and there was a sense of urgency because the team just got to LA in 2016. There's a lot going on in LA. A lot of people. A lot of things there. Of those boxes, do the Packers check any of them? Is there a quarterback that they can add that's better than Rodgers? Maybe, but not realistically. It's not going to work. Market urgency? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm sure sure everyone in Ash Wabanon is getting real pissed. Going to cancel their season tickets any day now. Yeah, that's how it works. And popular to contrary belief, contrary to popular belief, this Packers roster isn't old. Packers fans, I think we think about this incorrectly, too. Think about which players on the Packers have you most excited. I think of Jair Alexander. He's 25. Rashawn Gary's 24. Both of them have yet to even get to their second contract. Kenny Clark just signed his second deal. He's only 26. Elton Jenkin, much of the same. Eric Stokes is only 22. That's a solid young core. That's why I hate the idea. If Packers fans hear about moving on from Aaron Rodgers, they think, oh, I don't want to do a full rebuild. Who said anything about doing a full rebuild? This team is young, a lot of young talent. So if the Packers do a quote-unquote rebuild, if they move off of Rodgers, maybe you get rid of Adams, maybe you let him go or you try to sign and trade or whatever. I don't know exactly how the cap works, so I'm not going to pretend, but you you look to move off of Rodgers and Adams, maybe Bakhtiari, maybe Adrian Amos, um, maybe Preston Smith, maybe. And then all of a sudden, your upper echelon of players are now in their mid to early 20s. Jair, Sean Gary, Kenny Clark, Elton Jenkins. That's a solid young core. A little bit different from the spot that the Rams are in. Aaron Donald is in his prime to maybe a little bit past his prime. Jalen Ramsey is in his prime to maybe approaching past his prime, right? Now, the Rams have good young players, too. But the Packers, they have young players. They're not looking to burn all of this up right now. It's not like the Saints at the end of the Drew Brees era where everyone was over the hill and they need to do it now or it's not going to happen. I don't know if there's any way to compare the Rams to really, truthfully, any team in the NFL. Now, you can embody the all-in spirit. You can you can embody the idea of going all-in, but it's going to look different for the Packers, and it's going to look different for the Vikings or the Bears or the Seahawks or the Chiefs or any other team that tries to go, quote-unquote, all-in because their situation, their roster, their market, very different from the Rams. Now, the Bengals, I think, are a more reasonable comparison, not just for the Packers, 
but any team in the NFL that's trying to get from uh, a place of being bad to being average to being middling to get to the contender level. I think the Bengals model, although weird and, and surprising, actually at its root, we can take a lot away from it. So let's talk about the Bengals as an example. Coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills thanks for hanging out today hope you enjoyed the super bowl rams house rams house you hear goodell by the way talking after the game some of those the one thing that makes me uncomfortable after every championship or on any ring ceremony night is we got to see the owners first like if i was the owner of a sports team like no way i want to go down there i'm going to come across as this weird old dude that needs the credit needs to be around the team like Stan Kroenke, listen to this. is after the game. I cut this audio. Thanks to the great fans of Los Angeles, their first Super Bowl trophy in Rams House. Rams House. Rams House. Why do we got to hear from the owners first? I think that's bizarre. I actually think it's a really weird look. Like, I'm not trying to be woke guy here about how we can modernize sports, but maybe, like, I don't know, maybe let's do the players and the coaches first. Maybe the owner can kind of be a distant afterthought up in the box, like fist pumping, like, yeah, guys, way to go. I cut your checks, but that's really all. Ed is in Madison. Ed, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hey, I know. I, I moved. I'm, I don't know what to say. I mean, I think the Bengals really bungled the game yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of stuck. I didn't really have a favorite uh, who I cared to win, but when it was third and two and they decided to run it, I just yeah. thought that was so uncharacteristic of them. And I was like, not, not many people talked about it today. And I didn't even hear Collinsworth or anyone bring up, like, that was a shocker of a play call. You know, I was just like, you're a pass-friendly team. Mm-hmm. What should you do it then instead of fourth and one? Ask it again. Well, so we, I was just kind of, yeah. I was struck and struck. Ear, I, I don't know, it was, just, it was a very eerie feeling. Like, So, like, Matt LaFleur, like, when we should have went for it last year yeah. against Tampa Bay versus kicking a field goal. Anyway, thanks. Yeah, I don't know. I appreciate the call. I'll let you go. Um, I, I think you make a good point, and I don't want to fixate on that one play to Samaj P. Ryan where they ran it on third and short. If they pick it up, I, I don't know. They, the thing is, they only needed a field goal. So they didn't have to be going for big chunk plays and putting together a really long drive. Like, if they thought they only needed to get 15 yards to set up McPherson and that was their plan all along, not to go for the touchdown, but to instead go for the field goal, okay, pick up a third and two. You got a couple of timeouts. I I, I don't hate it. No, it doesn't work. So it's a bad look, and we're going to pick it apart. I get it. Big picture, Ed, you just said the, the Bengals kind of bungled it. Now, the Rams are the better team. And I think the Bengals were worse than the Titans. I think they were worse than the Chiefs. They were worse than the Bills, certainly, even though they didn't play. And I think they were the worst team than the Rams, and the lines would all reflect that, right? They had a golden opportunity to steal this game. Joe Burrow was sacked seven times, and they lost by three. I just... Rams are the better team. Rams probably deserved to win. They're better at so many positions. I mean, they have great players all over the field. Bengals were right there. Were they supposed to be there? Eh, no, probably not. Were they supposed to win this game? No, but 
when you're within three points and you have a lead in the fourth quarter despite your quarterback being sacked seven times, you gotta you gotta get there. You gotta get it done. And it's very easy for people on television and radio and who cover sports to get on air today and to say, well, they'll be back. Things are just getting started for the Bengals. Really, though? Will they? Will they be back? We said that about the Chiefs two years ago. They have hosted four AFC title games in four years, and they've won one Super Bowl, right? They've made it to two, which is better than my Packers can say, but they've won one. If you host four consecutive conference championship games, you only make two Super Bowls and you only win one? Ah, well, they'll be back. Oh, maybe someday. We said that about the Packers, too. Well, they'll be back. They'll be back. They'll be back. When Clay Matthews and Aaron Rodgers were on the podium in, in the February of 2011, we're sitting at home. We can't believe we can't. We're beside ourselves. We're so excited. We can't believe it because we're thinking, man, we're going to get two, maybe three, maybe four. This is about to be the best decade of Packers football, I don't know, since the 90s. And they haven't been back. They even sniffed it. The Seahawks, when they lost to the, the Patriots in the 2014 2015 season. We thought, oh, that's a great team. They'll be back. Loaded defense, good coach, good quarterback that's just kind of starting on his career arc, his career trajectory. Russell Wilson just getting started. Haven't even sniffed it. They haven't come close, right? The Saints. Imagine if you told Saints fans with Breeze in 2008, you're not getting back. You're not getting back. It's easy to say that the Bengals could have gotten back. I do think, however, that the Bengals are a good example of team building and probably a more generic, applicable example of team building in that they got their quarterback, they supported their quarterback. They got Joe Burrow, and they said, all right, we're going to surround you with weapons. Now, surrounding him with offensive line would have been good, too, but let's not crucify the Bengals for not drafting Penny Sewell retroactively instead of, you know, well, they should have drafted a line. Well, they drafted Jamar Chase, and Jamar Chase was a huge reason why they were there. He's probably the reason why they were there. You can't have everything as a rebuilding team. They're going to work on their offensive line, but the idea of getting your quarterback, we like him. All right, now let's support him. Let's get him T. Higgins. Let's get him Jamar Chase. That's what other teams can emulate. More of the Wisco Sports Show back in two minutes. Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Rams House. They're really they're sticking with that, huh? That's going to be a that's going to that's their thing. They're not they're not flexible on that. Ram Rams House. Rams House. I mean, their owner can't even say it with a straight face or straight voice or whatever that is. Rams house. Congrats to the Rams. I'll take my lumps with them. I didn't think they could do it. I didn't think Matthew Stafford could do it. Wasn't a believer. Didn't think he could get it done in the big game. And he didn't have a perfect game, but that's kind of the theme of this playoffs in my eyes. None of these teams are perfect. In fact... A lot of these teams, especially the Rams and the Bengals, the teams that actually made it to the Super Bowl, they're really imperfect. Their coaches do some things well, but they do a lot of things poorly. Sean McVay's not a good game manager. Zach Taylor's offense isn't really all that creative. Bengals don't have an offensive line. The Rams, again, coaching isn't great. Matthew Stafford is not great. He's solid. He's good, but he's not great. These teams aren't perfect. 
and yet they find a way to make the Super Bowl. The Rams found a way to win the Super Bowl. Packers fans, we got to reassess some things, and that's what I want to talk about, at least to kind of reset the show here at 5 o'clock. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. If you want to talk the Super Bowl, you want to talk about the Packers as they relate to the Super Bowl, I don't just want to talk Packers to talk Packers today because I think a lot of people who listen, and I know because I see your texts and your tweets, you get fed up. You get fed up with this show and, and me in particular dwelling on the Packers and not getting over the Packers and not talking about something else. Well, let me, I, I, look, I know you think this is easy. I just waltz in here every day and we just BS about sports. How could you not talk about sports? It's the easiest job in the world. You know what? Actually, it, it takes a little thought and, and time to come up with things to talk about. The Bucks aren't doing anything earth shattering right now. Baseball is just being dumb. I know you don't want to hear about that. And unless you want me to talk about the Olympics or talk about COVID in sports every day and how that's a thing, we got to talk about the Packers a little bit. They're going to be a part of the show, at least until we get closer to the NBA playoffs and certainly March Madness with the Badgers as well. So we're going to talk about them. My goal today is to not dwell on the Packers more than we have to. I want to make them part of the conversation as they relate to the game we just watched yesterday, the Super Bowl, which had good parts, had bad parts, but I really enjoyed it. The Rams won 23-20, and that's what I want to focus on mostly today with some some dashes of Packers seasoning. You can text and call the show if you'd like, 608-796-2558, and you can find me on Twitter and tweet at me anytime, not just during the show. You can find me at Wisco Grant. I want to remind you of a take that I had two weeks ago, I think 14 days ago today. I said that making a Super Bowl isn't that hard, and I, I say that little tongue-in-cheek. It's hard, but I don't think it's as hard as the Packers have led us to believe the last 11 years, 10 years, since the last time they made a Super Bowl. I think Packers fans weave in our mind. We think, oh, it's got to be perfect. No one can get hurt. The refs need to be perfect. There can't be a single positional weakness. Every corners, every coordinator's got to be perfect. And Rodgers can't make a single mistake. It's not, it's not that hard. It's not that. It's not nuclear fission. It's football. It's not always pretty. It doesn't always go your way. And it didn't always go the way of the Bengals this year. They were 10 and 7, and they were down 21 at Arrowhead. Didn't always go the way of the Rams. They were down 10 to the Niners. Matthew Stafford made, made some bad throws, missed some throws. Sean McVay wasn't perfect yesterday, but they made it happen anyways. The Packers are failing to do that. They can't make it happen anyways. One little thing, it all comes crashing down. And I'm getting I'm getting tired of it. I don't know why. we got to figure it out. Zach and Wisco, 608-796-2558. What's up, Zach? Welcome. Hey, hey Grant. You know, it's kind of funny. I was just uh, looking at the Rams cap situation coming up for 2022. They're screwed. They're they're 14 14 over the projected cap space for this upcoming season. Yes. That means they need to make moves or else they're over the cap and Mm -hmm. they take I mean, the NFL starts taking away draft picks and, and all this other. So, I mean, it's, yeah, they, they have a lot of space now, or they don't have a lot of space. They have negative space, $14 million worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if Aaron Donald does retire, that will end up freeing up somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20, $26 million. Mm-hmm. So that will help, but that also creates a huge gap in that front four. So, when even if Aaron Donald does decide to retire, if he retires, yeah, that helps him out with cap space. But do they have somebody that's going to fill in for Aaron Donald that's going to be an absolute monster there on the front four? No, you can't replace a guy like that not no. right away. So they're not going to they're 
they're, I don't think they're going to have a, an opportunity to repeat because uh, because their cap situation is is even worse than the Packers. Well, it's and, against- and I feel bad for Rams fans just. Because of that. Well, first, first of all, I as a fan of a team. No, I don't feel bad. For Rams. Yeah, I, I know. What you, I know what you mean, though. I, I do think, and this is an interesting topic with the Rams. And I think it's interesting. Aaron Donald's talk about retiring. Sean McVay's saying oh, I might be going to TV. He's probably just saying that to get a bigger contract from the Rams. Because I mean, Amazon might offer him twenty million bucks. Right? They're going to have football. Why not offer Sean McVay twenty million? Romo makes about sixteen, seventeen. So he could be saying this to get a big pay raise from the Rams. But also, and I thought about this yesterday, what if Sean McVay is like, well, we went all in. We got no picks. We got no money. I won my Super Bowl. I'm going to cash out and go, go do broadcasting. You guys figure this mess out. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think what you're saying has merit. It's, what do they do next? Now, I don't think the Rams were worried about what's next, and, and they shouldn't. They just won a Super Bowl. But I, I think you make some valid points, Zach. And, and the, other, the other kicker is they haven't had a, a first-round draft pick since 2016. Do you know that, Grant? They haven't had a first-round draft pick since they drafted Jared Goff. Yeah. Is that bananas? <laughs> and, and they're not going to have another draft pick in 2022 or 2023. So their next first-round draft pick is in 2024. Mm-hmm. That's eight years between first-round draft picks. That's a long time. And, and that can end up also really putting you behind the eight ball if you're if you're in the in the Rams organization that that could be a really tough look in two years being in salary cap hell and not having a first round draft pick and then you're also now talking about a guy in Matthew Stafford who's pushing you know 15 years in the league and you got to start thinking about replacing him so there's a lot I, that, that's a lot of stuff to think about uh, if you're the Rams. I mean, that's just a really tough look, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, I well, think the Packers are a little bit better off. Yeah, well, the, the, the Packers haven't pushed their cap. I mean, they could salvage it, and they could kind of reset things this offseason. First of all, the Rams just won a Super Bowl. They're, they're, they're the ones who aren't going to worry about this, at least for, for weeks and months and maybe for years, right? Because with the Bucks, we're not stressed about anything. We just we just got a title. I, I don't know. What the Rams do really well is develop players, Zach. Right, they they drafted Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald, and they were great players. But they get better every year, right? Like, look at the Chiefs. Has Michael Hardman gotten better? Have any of their players gotten better? I the Rams do a really good job of finding guys that fit their team, or, or they they like something specific in some of these players. And then when they get to LA, they keep getting better and they improve. And I think if you have a limited number of picks, that's so important. Yeah, I th- I think you're right, and but I think also. Uh, if, if we're talking about the Chiefs and how their first-round draft picks are not getting better, I think the Packers' draft picks, at least some of the ones on the defensive side, uh, the first-round draft picks, Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander, yep. Yep. they're getting better as they're going along too. Yep. So, you know, we, we have been drafting and developing guys that, you know, we, we kind of look at it going, oh, this. I, I, I can tell you when, they, when the Packers drafted – Kenny Clark, I rolled my eyes and I'm like, oh, here too. we go. Yep. And now I'm sitting there going, okay, you know what? Looking back on that, that's actually a really good draft pick. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things there. Uh, you can make a lot of comparisons between the Packers and other teams, but I don't think the Packers' salary cap situation is really all that bad. It's just why are the Packers dangling that forty million dollar price tag out for Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers has said it's not really about the money. 
Well, it shouldn't be. Restructure that deal if you're the Packers. Restructure that. Free up some cap space and bring some uh, established talent in to uh, support Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, Especially I, on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I appreciate that, Zach. I'm going to let you go. I, I Thank you for the call. Have a good night. See you, buddy. Yeah, that's, that's Zach and Wisco, Maytag man on Twitter. I mean, there's a lot of points to consider there. It's easy for us as fans of another team to say, oh, yeah, what about their picks? you know, in a couple of years? Or what about their salary cap in a couple of years? I mean, the long and short of it, teams just won a Super Bowl. <laughs> You'll have a couple of down years for a Super Bowl win. I mean, just think of our Bucks. I mean, the Bucks have a bad night. The Bucks lose to the Cavs on national TV on ESPN. We don't care. We just don't talk about it on the show. We'll just talk about the Packers. We'll do offseason stuff. We'll talk about the Badgers. We don't care with the Bucks. Whereas two or three years ago, if they lost a nationally televised game, or even more years ago now, it's it's... You know, it's kind of crazy. You don't really realize how long the Bucks have been good. We got to think back to, oh, God. it's been, I mean, it's been a while. You think back to 2016, 2017, and they have three games a year on ESPN. They have no nationally televised games. And they lose a Wednesday night game to the Thunder, and we're pissed. Oh, you only get, you get three national TV games a year, and of course they play like crap. If the Bucks lost by 40 on national TV on Wednesday, I would not, I'd probably sleep better. I'd probably laugh. And I probably have a better night's sleep for it. Because once you win that championship, everything changes. And it's easy for us Packers fans to say, well, our cap's tough, but <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the Rams. Well, I don't know. The Rams have been to two Super Bowls since 2010, and they played in two different cities. The Packers have had a quarterback win MVP four times since then. And other than 2014, I mean, they, they really haven't sniffed a Super Bowl. I guess they came close in 2020, but they've got, they've got just ramshackled in 2016 and 2019. They got blown away. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, Zach. I know. I know Zach didn't mean he feels sorry for Rams fans. Man, I'm not feeling sorry for Rams fans. You kidding me? I'd take five years of cap hell to just make a Super Bowl again with Aaron Rodgers. We're gonna win. I just, I just want to get back. I just want to get there. I, I don't know. And it's, it's something with the psyche of this team. This is what I said two weeks ago. It's what I said to start the show back at four o'clock as well. The Packers just aren't very resilient. That's a, that's a very specific and succinct way of saying what I, what I could talk about for 15 minutes. The Packers are resilient. These other teams are resilient. Packers didn't have David Bakhtiari. Oh, how could they possibly, how could they possibly win a playoff game? They don't have their left tackle. Well, I don't know. The Rams lost Robert Woods. They lost Odell Beckham in the Super Bowl. They lost Andrew Whitworth for a time. They were fine. They took some punches. They kept going. Oh, the, the Packers have weak special teams. Oh, they got to get a new special teams coordinator. The, the Bengals didn't have an offensive line. Shut up. They gave up seven sacks in the Super Bowl yesterday, and they still almost won. They very easily could have. Well, uh, Matt LaFleur, he kicked a field goal against Tampa Bay instead of going for the touchdown. I cannot emphasize enough how poor Sean McVay and Zach Taylor were in moments yesterday during the game. Sean McVay is very good with offensive scheme. He is horrendous with everything else. And I, I, I honestly want to know, and I didn't watch any of the pressers. I saw Sam Monson tweet about this today, friend of show from Pro Football Focus. Someone needs to figure out who in the offensive room of the Rams during yesterday's game got in Sean McVay's headset and said, hey, uh, Cooper Cup's really good. Stop giving the ball to Cam Akers. I swear to God. Like, was there someone up in the booth who had to call down to McVay and said, hey, I, I, I know you can't see this for whatever reason, but literally everyone else can. Stop handing the ball to Cam Akers. Stop it. And once they started throwing to Cooper Cup, which I'm assuming Sean McVay just got out of the way and let Stafford and Cup cook, you see you see how the game ended up? How well that worked? 
just it's the game management stuff. It's the fourth downs. It's the timeouts. It's the challenges. It's everything else with McVay. He's far from perfect. Zach Taylor, we praise Zach Taylor for just not being bad. <laughs> like, really, all Zach Taylor had to do this year was let Joe Burrow and his tremendous core of wide receivers cook. And for a lot of the year, he didn't. Oh, we're going to give the ball to Joe Mixon. We're going to give the ball to Jamal J.P. Ryan. Like it's 1986. Why? And then when he would get out of the way and just let his his weapons and his quarterback do their thing, we'd be like, oh, Zach Taylor. God, he's a good coach. No, he's not. He's doing what any man with common sense would do. Let your best players do their thing. Zach Taylor is far from perfect. Sean McVay is far from perfect. Yeah, Matt LaFleur at times in the postseason has been far from perfect too, but that hasn't stopped the Bengals, hasn't stopped the Rams, hasn't stopped Kyle Shanahan. Well, maybe a little bit here and there, but he also has Jimmy G, so that's a different thing. But it stopped the Packers. They're not resilient. One injury comes crashing down. One slightly unfortunate call or penalty, it all comes crashing down. One turnover, it comes crashing down. One special teams miscue, it all comes crashing down. And I don't know why. Maybe it's the mindset of Aaron Rodgers. We talked about that a little bit last week. Because Aaron Rodgers has conducted great comebacks before. He's thrown Hail Marys when his team needed it in Arizona and then just never got the ball back, right? He had that comeback against the Bears that was ridiculous. He made that throw to Jared Cook that was insane in Dallas. His teammates have every reason to believe in him the same way that Russell Wilson's believe in Russell Wilson and the same way that Patrick Mahomes' teammates believe in Patrick Mahomes. And yet it's not really there. Rodgers' team falls behind 14 in the playoffs. That's it. We're already thinking about next year. Should we fire Dom Capers? I don't know. Should we fire Mike Patton? I don't know. Special teams are still asked. What do we do about that? I don't know. Instead of rallying around the quarterback, trying to mount a comeback as the Bengals did multiple times and as the Rams did in the NFC Championship game, this team has folded over the years. And we've gone into the offseason rationalizing it for one reason or another. There was one injury. There was one bad call. There was this bounce of the ball. Yeah, making the Super Bowl is a little bit of luck, but it's not as much luck as Packers fans have convinced ourselves. The road to the Super Bowl is not this smooth path where everything lines up for you one year and you you just cruise down this path and you pick daffodils as you walk. It's a fight for the knife in the mud and you're just scrambling around and you're trying to to grab a hold of it. And the Packers don't grab a hold of it. The Rams and the Bengals did. Matthew Stafford did. I don't even like Matthew Stafford that much. He's still not that good. But he's a Super Bowl champ. He's got the same amount of Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers. We'll keep talking about this coming up next. I want to talk about the idea that I saw from a lot of Packers fans, especially on social media. Well, the Packers would have won this game. The Packers should be in this game. Maybe they should have been there. Maybe they would have won, but that that logic is flawed. And let's talk about why coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. We're talking about the Super Bowl today. Obviously, congrats to the Rams. Proved a lot of people wrong, including me. Matthew Stafford proving a lot of people wrong, including me. I'll take my lumps. I'm wrong every once and again. I remember when I said Willie Adams was a terrible trade. That uh, I might still be my worst one. That's that's fine. It's a baseball take. Most people don't dwell on that anyways. <laughs> you want to talk uh, the Super Bowl? I'm going to start bringing the Packers into this a little bit. We got an Aaron Rodgers report yesterday, which I don't think is a huge thing. We're going to start to bring that up here in about 10 minutes. Right now, on the phone, 608-796-2558, we're going to bring up Ray. Ray, welcome to the show. What's going on? 
Hey, uh, so that halftime show made me feel rather old. Yeah. Uh, that was the kind of music I listened to when I was out mowing the lawn. I noticed they changed some of those lyrics. Um, it also made me think of DMX, May He Rest in Peace. Yeah. Um, you know, DMX, he be the best. You see the rest. They're looking like they need a rest. Yeah. Um, so if I kept quoting him any further, I'd start swearing. But to live is to suffer. But to survive, that's a fine meeting, no suffering. So, you know, I just thought I'd say that. Good job to those guys. But uh, yeah. Miss DMX. That was an awesome show. Ray, I love the show as well. I'll let you go. Thanks for the call, man. Have a good night. I love the halftime show. I love most halftime shows. Okay? Can I just a PSA on the halftime show really quickly? I don't. We don't need to make this halftime show. If you want to call and talk about it, sure. I don't, I'm not going to hang up on you. This is how we should approach halftime shows. Ready? This is going to be a I'm going to I'm going to role play this. So I'm sitting here, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching, it's done. And you hear the voiceover person go, and thank you for watching the Super Bowl halftime show, thanks to Pepsi. And I'm on my couch. This is now what I think. Wow, that was cool. That was cool. I I, I liked what they were going for there. That was cool. That was fun. Can't wait to see the one next year. Scene. That's that's all it is. It's not, this isn't complicated. Why Why does this halftime show every year turn into the socio-political thermometer of America. I hate it. If you don't like it, all right, fine. Go get some food. Walk into the kitchen, for God's sake. Well, I don't really like that kind of music. Okay, well, then it wasn't for you. So next year when we have, I don't know, who do you think we're going to have next year? They, they When do they announce that? They announce it in the spring sometime or in the summer. Maybe you'll like who it is next year. And next year they'll be going for something different. It'll probably be a different genre, a different style of performance. I did like the format of having like four or five people do it. Because I think they can throw it around and they can go, well, this person's best song, this person's best song, and then we don't get bored. There's no lull two-thirds of the way through, which is ridiculous that I'm talking about a lull. The Super Bowl halftime show is like 12 minutes long. So I think it speaks to our attention span as Americans. Maybe we got to be better. Ish. Well, I don't want to get bored. I mean, it's 12 minutes long, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, God. We suck, don't we? We really, we really suck. But I do like throwing it around. It keeps us engaged. Songs are changing up. Uh, Kendrick was really cool. Snoop Dogg looked like he was having the time of his life. Then I saw the New York Post today. Oh, my God, he smoked weed before the show. I wish he would have smoked it during it. It would have been funny. It's legal out there anyways. Just normalize it. Why are we freaking out about it? Thank you for the call, Ray. 608-796-2558. There's a lot of Packers fans on Twitter yesterday. Packers would have won this game. And I, I I I can't be a hypocrite here. I... I maybe thought the same thing. I wasn't going to tweet it. But then during the NFC Championship game, I thought and I tweeted, wow, the Packers really let this team beat them. Huh? I was a little tilted watching Rams 49ers because to probably a greater degree than the Super Bowl yesterday, but but still to a degree, I, I thought that game was a little bit JV-ish. Two coaches that weren't very good. Two quarterbacks that really weren't that good. I, I just, I, I don't know. It's hard not to think of the Packers when we watch playoff games once our team has been eliminated, right? It's hard not to do it, and I get it. But we got we to stop with that. We got to chill out. I, I saw a lot of people yesterday said, the Packers would have won this game. Are you sure? Would they, though? Would they? Would they? I mean, come on. You've been watching the Packers in the playoffs for 10 years. Are we going to play dumb here? Do you actually believe they would have won? Should have won, sure. But would they have? Mm, I don't know. And B, the second part of this is, sure, if the Packers could just teleport to the Super Bowl and match up with the AFC team every year, then they'd probably have a few. But the Packers' issue is not beating the good team in the Super Bowl. It's getting past the teams that are worse than them on the way. And I want to talk about that. Why can't they get through two or three games? It's a resiliency issue, right? They'd be an okay sprinter, but long distance, they they can't hang with the pack. 
They can't, they can't survive in advance like they need to be able to to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, let's go to the phones very quickly. It's Jim in Madison. Jim, welcome to the show. How are you? Brother, you're doing a good job. Oh, thank you. I'm thank probably going to make I'm I'm probably going to make you mad. Okay. But um, number one, the halftime show, I turned it off. And, not, and let me tell you, not to get political or anything like that, sure. but uh, it was pandering, and that's you know you include everybody, <clears throat> and uh, yeah. we've kind of gone the opposite way. But that, that's my opinion. Okay. That's on fair. your on your on your statement with the. Um, uh, the Packers. Yeah. Look, when you play football, you have leaders in the locker room. Mm-hmm. You have solid leaders in the locker room. And I think that the Packers, when you have one guy that's making 40, whatever million, whatever he's making, and then does what he did, um, <laughs> I- I'm sorry. You can't be a prima donna and expect to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. You. <clears throat> You got to be able to look, and it's not just the coaching; it's uh, not just special teams. Because, by the way, there's not a leader in there. Yeah, and yeah. I just got to say, the Packers—I don't hate the Packers because I'm a Bears fan. Sure. Look, you're living my world of the Bears, just bringing you up, bringing you up. Oh crap! Um, sure. But you got to have a solid leader that is not more interested to talk about themselves. Or try to make it look like they're, you know, for all the other players. And then you look at it and some of those players are going, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. you got to have that leadership, my friend. And I don't know where the Packers are going to go. I, I'm sorry to say this, but I don't think they're going to – they're not going to turn that corner until they have some guys that have the eye of the tiger. And they yeah. don't have it. Jim. Jim, first of all, I, I love your takes. Thank you for the call. This is I, I feel like this added a great deal to our Packers conversation. I'm going to run with it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Jim in Jim in Madison. The leadership thing is real. Aaron Rodgers, I, I do think, is a leader. But I, th- I think he leads passively in that, well, I'll just play really well. Guys will follow me. And that's that's true. I think you'll hear most guys on the Packers roster when they're asked, they'll go to war with Aaron Rodgers because they know he's really, really good. But what happens when he has a game where he doesn't play really good? What does he have to fall back on? I, you need to be able to lead and to be really good even when you're not at your best, right? And I think Aaron Rodgers and his pull and his gravitas with his teammates is really rooted in that he's so damn good. And when he's really good, that swag comes out, that cockiness comes out, and I think that rubs off on guys. But when Rodgers has a bad game, I think that moxie kind of goes away, and now he's just some dude with long hair, and it's like, well, dude, are you going to make some plays here? Are you going to? There's nothing else. So if you have a bad game... I think it's really easy for the team to just kind of unravel, and maybe that's what we saw in Atlanta or, or San Francisco or even this year against San Francisco, although it looked different. It wasn't a blowout, but when things got tough and Aaron Rodgers didn't have that cockiness and that edge from playing really well, I, I don't know if he has anything else to fall back on. And, you know, we can talk about different leadership styles. One thing I always noticed with Aaron Rodgers is when he's in press conferences, he loves to shout out guys. And he loves to endorse them. And something Jim said in that call just a minute or two ago, he said that Rodgers puts himself above everyone else. Now, I I don't know if that's what Rodgers does. And, I, and I, I don't think he does that intentionally. But when you go into a press conference and you are almost a gatekeeper of Packers player success, like a player can only be trustworthy and only be ready for the big time and only be good if Rodgers says it in a presser, 
like, wow, a, you know, a, a Packers beat writer would tweet something like, oh, a ringing endorsement of third-year wide receiver MVS. Well, yeah, well, MVS is a grown man, you know? Like, maybe MVS doesn't need to be, you know, have, have his ass powdered in a press conference by Aaron Rodgers. That That's always kind of a weird vibe. Like, if my... If one of my coworkers in an interview or to a boss or to a coworker or to a friend, like seemingly went out of their way to talk about, it. you know, well, Grant, Grant's, you know, he's really coming along. He, he's good at his job and, you know, he's really put the work in and this and that. It's like, wait a minute. I don't need your damn endorsement. Where do you get off? Talking about how you, how, how you think you get to decide whether I'm good or not. I, I don't know. It's something I've thought about with Aaron Rodgers and Jim talked about leadership styles and, I don't think Rodgers goes out of his way to put himself above teammates, but these are some of the weird side effects when he's just quirky the way that he is. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers coming up next. Let's do this. Let's take a break. There was some news about Rodgers and the Packers wanting to offer him a deal. Brett and lacrosse texted in about this. I've gotten a couple of tweets about it. I guess, reportedly, according to people who break news, Rappaport or Schefter, take your pick, the Packers are prepared to go all in on Aaron Rodgers. I think this is interesting. We can attack it from a couple angles, and we'll do that coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 580 AM. You know what? I was going to play some Barry White. That song didn't have the intro that I like. I think I like this one more. I'm doing this on the fly. We got it together. Oh, yeah. This better. Nobody but you. A little romance for Valentine's Day. Come on. We got it together, baby. I wanted to give the show some sex appeal for Valentine's Day. Barry White is romantic as it gets. Come on. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Call and text if you'd like. Hit me up on the Barry White talk and text line. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. If Twitter's your thing. If it's not, good. Stay that way. You're not missing anything except for mental illness. We're talking Packers as they relate to the Super Bowl. So I don't just want to talk Packers to Packers. We have all offseason to do that. What can we take away from the Super Bowl yesterday that will tell us something about our team, the Packers, or our quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, right? We're talking a little bit about the mindset of Aaron Rodgers. I believe it was the Jim and Madison who called in and talked about Aaron Rodgers' leadership style just a little bit and how maybe it doesn't always land. I, I think Aaron Rodgers' leadership style is great when he's playing amazing because dudes just respect him so much because he's when he's on his game, he's better than anyone else. But when he's not on his game, I think a little bit of that luster wears off. And I don't really know if he then has a second pitch to go to. Does that make sense? Like, he doesn't have, I don't know, I don't know. He doesn't, again, he doesn't have a second pitch to go to. His leadership is all based in how good he is. And if he has a bad game, that kind of goes away a little bit. John Boy is on the phone. Oh, and there he goes. I was, I was coming to you. I was coming to you. Call back. 608-796-2558. I was talking with Mike Madison. I think the leadership style matters. Uh, and we got some news yesterday about his contract and maybe what the Packers want to do with said contract. And I want to talk about that, but there it is. But first, uh, I want to talk to John Boy. John Boy, 
welcome. I'm sorry I couldn't get to you right away. Welcome to the show. No, you're good. Sorry, I I, I just lost you there for a second. Oh, I got you. Um, I, uh, I just wanted to address the dude who thought that they were pandering. I was a little caught off guard by that uh, for the halftime show. We had uh, one white person performing out of five, and I'm pretty sure that's over-representation for NFL rosters. But Or rap music. I don't know, it's, probably the same, <laughs> yeah. it's probably the same guy who gets hurt every time Kaepernick's name is brought up and uh, doesn't like any change or anything. But uh, on the Aaron Rodgers thing, I do kind of hope that uh, he comes back. But I, there's what you've been saying about uh, the sentiment of, they just don't have the extra layer of grit that some that the Bengals have, or that the Rams team seem to have, or the, the Niners, Niners have. Any they other can't team. get over the in-game. Yeah. They can't get over the in-game adversity. Week to week, they're great. They're yeah. great at overcoming adversity, but in games, they look to their leader, and he's sitting there with the on the set, on the bench with his head in his hands, and that's what they see. So. Yeah. That's all I got on the subject, I guess. Yeah, thanks, John Boy. I appreciate the call. I'll let you go. Have a good night. Um, yeah, we can have a passive secondary conversation in the background if you guys want to argue about the halftime show. I don't I'm not I'm not I'm not getting involved in this. I'm not taking sides. I thought it was fun. If you didn't like it, eh, maybe you'll like next year's. I don't know, it'll be somebody else. Um if you don't like rap, well maybe we'll have a classic rock guy next year. Maybe we'll have a pop guy next year. There's typically something for everyone. Within reason. Right. Uh, I'm probably not going to say anything else about it. Packers apparently while Rodgers back. This is a report from Ian Rappaport yesterday morning on NFL Network. And of course, so much of the focus this offseason is on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. What is going to be his decision as far as his future? Here's what I know after spending the week talking to several sources. This relationship between Rodgers and the Packers is as good as it has been in quite some time. Case in point, he spent three or four extra days after the season just going over the future with Matt LaFleur. If Rodgers is going to stay, he's going to need a contract extension. I am told the Packers are prepared to make him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Would likely be a two-year deal with voidable years to make it work cap-wise. Okay. So this was the report from me and Rappaport. We had a tweet from Adam Schefter, which I will always see because I had notifications on for Schefter. I don't want to miss something Schefter tweets or Woj or Shams. I think I got notifications for Ken Rosenthal, too. Maybe I should turn him on for passing, but whatever. Not the point. Yesterday morning, Adam Schefter tweets this. 14,000 likes. Packers are prepared to go all in on Aaron Rodgers for 2022. Spending as close to the cap this year and spreading it into future years as much as possible per sources. Per sources. Saints use this approach for Drew Brees and Green Bay willing to deploy that model to further entice Rodgers. Okay. Schefter also spelled Rodgers wrong the second time around, but whatever. We won't dwell on that. Um, I, before we get into these reports, I think it's worth mentioning. Did anyone else notice all the breaking news stories yesterday? Aaron Donald might retire. Sean McVay he might, he might go to work in TV. We'll see. Maybe Brady unretires. I guess the Buccaneers are apparently hoping he comes back. Like all of these stories, just all of a sudden, out of nowhere. And I'm not saying that ESPN is making things up. I'm not saying that NFL Network is making things up. I'm saying that. These are things that probably have been floating for a while and will continue to float throughout the offseason. But you present it as breaking news the morning of the Super Bowl at 8.30, 9 a.m., and then you can conveniently fill six hours of pregame coverage for your network leading into the Super Bowl with this material, right? And obviously, max publicity. If Sean McVay wants a contract extension with the Rams and he wants a pay raise, 
Well, that story's going to break on Super Bowl Sunday, so everyone talks about it and everybody knows. He might go work in TV. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe will. Talk about it all day long for the Super Bowl, so it's in everyone's frame of mind. It's in, it's, you know, people are paying attention to it. And it works for Adam Schefter and ESPN if they have hours and hours and hours of pregame coverage. It's like, well, the Packers, we've known this really since the end of the playoff game, and this is going to continue to be the case moving forward. But let's let's spin this as breaking news today. Packers prepared to go all in in 2022. Oh, and this just, this broke this morning per sources. Another one of those accumulation of information type things, right? Now, if this report is true, I'm going to be honest, I'm actually a little surprised if this is true, right? If we believe this report, and when I say it's true, I'm not saying that Schefter's making this up. I'm saying if the Packers source that leaked this means it genuinely, if somebody at the Packers sent this to Schefter because the Packers truly do want Aaron Rodgers into the future and they're willing to pay a bunch of money for him, and, and this is true, and they told Schefter this because it's true, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it from that angle. Maybe that means they don't really love the progression they're seeing or not seeing out of Jordan Love. They think their division is winnable. They think their conference is winnable. They think with a better special teams unit and Joe Barry in his second year that they have a legit shot at the Super Bowl next year. Okay, fine, sure. Maybe that means they're they're willing to spend money into the future and, and drag it down the road because they know that maybe at some point they are going to tear it all down and do what the Saints are doing. Okay, maybe. I don't know. I don't know why that would be the case. It's like they're going out of their way to say, we're going to destroy our salary cap. (laughs) We're going to completely blow up our future. When, really, they don't have to. They could bring back Aaron Rodgers next year. He'd be a lame duck quarterback, but then that would give Aaron Rodgers all the freedom he wants to then decide if he wants to move on in free agency the next year, stick around with the Packers, maybe retire altogether. Now that Brady's out of the league, you won't have to share a Hall of Fame class with Tom Brady, right? Like, the Packers are going out of their way to say, hey, we're prepared to go all in on Aaron Rodgers. We're willing to destroy our salary cap, go all in just like the Saints went all in. I, I just, I, I find this interesting because maybe this is a PR thing. Maybe this is someone in the Packers leaking this to Schefter because they know Rodgers is gone. They know he's not coming back. The Packers are going to trade him or Rodgers is going to retire. So this was leaked to Schefter as if to, to signal to fans and the rest of the NFL, hey, Rodgers wants out, and this isn't on us. We're not pushing him out the door. He wants out. Just so you know, but before he leaves, we're just so everyone knows, we're we're willing to give him all the money he wants. He, he's leaving on his own accord. We're not pushing him out the door. We're not doing what we did to Favre. This is what Rodgers wants, and you can't say that we didn't try. That almost, that fits more. It's very out of character, one, for the Packers to negotiate in public like this at all. It would be very out of character for the Packers to destroy their cap and move it into the future. It would be very out of character for the Packers to then give Aaron Rodgers another contract. They don't want it. They're questioning giving Devontae Adams another contract. They could have paid him last offseason. They're like, no, nah, we don't give guys third contracts. You know, Packers things. It's very out of character. If this is true, this is a big departure from how the Packers normally handle their business. And maybe this is because it's an outlier event. The Saints didn't want to trash their salary cap. They didn't want to ruin their future. But Drew Brees did a lot for that team, a lot for that city, won him a Super Bowl, and they probably want to give him the send-off that he wants. So they were willing to, uh, for Drew, and for this to end nicely rather than the alternative, we're going to operate out of out of pocket a little bit. And maybe the Packers are willing to do the same. Maybe they, maybe Russ Ball and Brian Gutekinds looked around and they said, look, I, this isn't what we normally do. We normally are very fiscally responsible and we never negotiate in public, but 
because this situation with Aaron Rodgers is a little bit different and he's a complicated fella and he's a Hall of Famer and our conference and division are very good, let's have a little bit of a departure from how we normally conduct our business. Maybe, maybe. I also think that this is just a little, little PR positioning because they know that Rodgers is either retiring or leaving and they want to make it very clear that it's Rodgers' decision and Green Bay's not pushing him out the door. That's I, I read that as, as just as likely as the Packers actually be willing to go all in on Aaron Rodgers and give him $40 million a year. And also, 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 as long as we're nitpicking things that Aaron Rodgers could maybe do better, dude, take a pay cut. For God's sake, yeah, the Packers haven't been perfect in the last 10 years, but Rodgers has been far from perfect too. And to act like the last two years weren't the fault of of Rodgers, it, it it would be naive. He had chances to beat Tampa at home two years ago. He didn't do it. He lost to Jimmy G at home a couple of weeks ago. And now he wants to come back and act all high and mighty and, and, and require $40 million to even consider coming back to Green Bay? Like, dude, have a little self-awareness. Take a pay cut. Team's hurting. Hurting because of your contract. Hurting because of the situation that Devontae Adams, your guy, is kind of have, has the team in. Like, I don't know. If Rodgers comes back, dude, take a pay cut. Read a room. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Another inning fit for Hollywood. Dan, you brought your Rams back to Los Angeles. You built the world's greatest stadium. You brought together the greatest players and coaches. And now you've won Super Bowl 56. Congratulations. The Vince Lombardi Trophy is staying in Ram's house. Wisco Sports Show. That's, by the way, the first person everyone wants to see after a team wins the Super Bowl. Yes, my Rams won. Where's Stan Kroenke? I need to see him. Get him on my TV. Nobody speaks before Stan Kroenke. After all, he was the one that threw the touchdowns and, and made the sack at the end of the, the, the game. Stan Kroenke in Rams house. The most awkward part of the game was not actually Sean McVay trying to manage a game or Matt Stafford trying to throw touchdowns, but it was Stan Kroenke just... Rams house. Rams house. Rams house. Eric is on I-90. Eric, did you enjoy the Super Bowl? Welcome to the show. Um, yes, I did enjoy the Super Bowl. Good. I thought it was a really good game, and good. I thought that the halftime show was uh, it was okay. I uh, I think it was in Los Angeles, and you know that was their first Super Bowl there. And you know the LA music scene. I don't know how they could have done it without doing it with the LA music scene, right? What? Say that one more time. I'm, I'm sorry. Say that one more time. I don't know how they could have done that without the LA music scene. I mean. Rap is the L.A. music scene, right? They kind of have to do it that way, don't they? Well, they do. I mean, we could talk back to the 70s. We could talk about, you know, Carol King, and we could talk about Poco and the Eagles and Jackson Brown, but I, I don't know if that's bringing the house down at SoFi Stadium. No, no. I mean, I think it's kind of like, well, you know, if it was, if the Super Bowl was ever in Nashville, uh, my guess is you'd have a lot of country music people playing there. I... I guess it's it's neither here nor there for me. I guess I gotcha. I gotcha. Sure. Um. 
far as uh, the Packers go, I think you're I think you're dead on. I think they're saying the door is open for you. It's a it's a no lose situation for them in a PR standpoint because they can say here the doors are they're open to you. You know they never said that we're going to renegotiate and get Devontae Adams back and you come back, right? Yeah. You know, they're going to lose a lot of players bringing mm-hmm. him back. There's just no two ways around it, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think the Packers can lose, right? Because, listen, I listen to a lot of sports radio. You are the only guy who has steadfast and Rodgers comes back, big or not, big deal, right? Well, yeah, Everybody but- else has been like... <laughs> There's a, there's Everybody a, else has been like, oh, I yeah. think we need him back. There's a, there's a path forward either oh, way. I think that's what I want to tell Packers fans. If Rodgers leaves and Jordan Love is terrible, like, the franchise isn't going to burn to the ground. Like, this is not the end of the world. And, and, Eric, it's funny because every time that I say Aaron Rodgers needs to play better in playoff games, people will say, well, it's a team sport. It's not just Rodgers. But then the second that I say, well, then maybe Rodgers should move on. Well, you can't do that. You can't win without Rodgers. So it's just it's a big it's a big circle. We're running in circles all the time. It is. It's, it is. It's a huge it's a huge circle cluster is what it is. Yeah. And you're kind of stuck in it. But you're kind of the pin that keeps everything keeps everything solid because everybody else. I mean, it was like two days. Yeah. And they're like, oh, boy, we got We got to get him back. And listen. I'm a Vikings fan. The world goes on. You will come back, and you will watch football. Oh, yeah. And your team will lose, and you will watch football. Uh-huh. And you will get hyped up for it. And it'll be Sunday, and your team's going to lose, and you're going to go and watch it. Hell, if it ain't on TV, you'll go to the bar and spend $100 yep. to watch it. Because you're an NFL fan. That's, that's, what, that's what I want to get across to you, Packer fan. Thank you, Eric. You're gonna watch we it, needed that. And you're going to have a... You're going to have a good time. We're going to enjoy so, it, damn it. We're all going to have a great time. You will. You will. You're going you're gonna to have a great time, and your team is going to lose, and you're going to be right back at it because uh, it's NFL football, and it's great. They have us. We're not going anywhere, honestly. I mean, Vikings fans would have quit right. a long time ago if that's how it worked. Come on. Right. We, they wouldn't have anybody there, right? Yeah. Nobody even watch. They yeah. fill a stadium every week. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, yeah, and he, hey, he's a great quarterback, and you're going to win 12 games. You can't lose if you're the Packers. Doesn't matter who they got out there, wide receiver. Yeah. It really doesn't. Yeah. He's going to find a way to win those games. I think so. We'll just talk about the playoff games and those roll around, I guess. Eric, Eric, I only got about 40 seconds of the show left, so I'm going to let you go when it's not awkward and I can say goodbye and have a good night. Thanks, Thanks, bud. Yeah, have, have a good one. That's Eric on I-90. Sorry, I don't want to have to cut you off. I, You know, it's like the Packers. Fiscally responsible with contracts. Better to move off a call 30 seconds too early than 15 seconds too late. I, sorry, I, I got a hosting here. Eric, you know what? You're right. Whether Rodgers comes back or not, isn't it the thing that we always say as sports fans? Well, I've been a Packers fan long before Aaron Rodgers. I'll be a Packers fan long after. I don't know why I sounded hammered. It makes us sound like drunkards. Um, <laughs> or not. Well, eh. At least hopefully not at 5.58 on a Monday. Although, hey, if you're done with work, more power to you. You work four-day weekends. It's basically a Tuesday then, and why not drink on a Tuesday? Tomorrow, uh, what do we have tomorrow? This is the part of the show where I tell you what comes up tomorrow. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What should we do tomorrow? What do you want to do? I feel like today was all Super Bowl slash Packers. Is, I mean, we could do whatever tomorrow. The world is our oyster. I don't think we want to go the route of baseball. 
and what's going on with them. It doesn't seem as though their season is going to start on time. So I, I don't know if we want to dwell on that. There'll be a time to talk about that. I don't know if that time is tomorrow. Um, but come ready tomorrow because it, it might be an open book. We have a lot of space. We kind of have some freedom now that NFL season is over. So we can talk about whatever. Bucks play tomorrow night. We could talk about the Badgers and what's going on with them. They lost to Rutgers on Saturday. Not great. So maybe we'll get to that tomorrow as well. And I'm sure we'll stay on the Packers tomorrow. I'll be back starting at four. Make sure you're here.